Welcome back to another edition of the Daily Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan. It's really hard to believe Thanksgiving is already in the books. Black Friday is behind us, and we're already looking forward to the holiday season and winter prep sports. That being said, there was no fall sports last week with the Thanksgiving break and the transition between fall and winter sports. So we'll have a very light prep sports roundup this week. We'll get to some Class A All-State athletes from the football scene. And then we're going to talk a little Cackers football. We'll get into their playoff preview. Each team has a playoff game this weekend. And a little bit of a season recap for both teams. We'll kind of dive into that just a little bit. It'll be a quick clip from our other show, The Big Sky Now, hosted by yours truly on the Hagedone Sports Network. That all being said, quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad. Voted the Flathead's best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of our local community and the local sports scene. So bring 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. All right, let's get into that all-state football talk, and then we'll move on to some college football action. Starting with the Class A state title team. Talk about the Valley athletes who made the cut. The Valley was well represented on the Class A All-State team, led by a strong showing from the state runner-up, Columbia Falls Wildcats, who had 10 players selected. Shout out Columbia Falls for that accolade. The Wildcats do of Jace Hill and Cody Schweikert were selected on both offense and defense, with Hill being picked as a receiver and safety, while Schweikert landed the nod at QB and linebacker. The All-State gunslinger Schweikert passed for 2,886 yards and 26 touchdowns while tacking on 19 scores with his legs. He Hill, meanwhile, hauled in 59 receptions for 938 yards and 11 touchdowns. Those two had a huge part to the team making a run to the state title game. Joining them on the All-State team was kicker Kai Golan, offensive lineman Hunter Goodman, and offensive lineman Tristan Crane, wideout Mark Robeson. That rounded out the offensive selection. On the defensive side of the ball, D-lineman Lane Vordmans and Lane Horner made the squad with linebacker Adler Waters and defensive back Allen Anderson rounding out the picks for the Wildcats. A very strong showing, well-deserved for a team that had quite a run this season. Whitefish had Mason Couch selected to All-State as receiver in safety, and Dane Hunt made the squad as a corner for the Bulldogs. Big Fork had four All-State picks with tight end Eli Thornis, safety Tristan Hurd, running back Wyatt Johnson, and junior Henry Carlson making the All-State team. On to the college football action here in the Treasure State. We will skip we won't skip right into the cap grade stuff quite yet. We're going to get a quick look at the Montana Western Bulldogs, whose football season did come to an end over the weekend as the Bulldogs lost 49-42 to at home to Dillon. Excuse me, in Dillon to the College of Idaho Yotes. They lost at home. It was their first home game since 1994. Definitely a tough loss. It was a close game. The Bulldogs finished the year 9-2 overall and ended the regular season as the number eight team in the country, according to the NAIA coaches poll. So shout out the Western Montana Bulldogs. Montana Western Bulldogs, quite the season. Gosh, can't believe football's already wrapped up. So they were also the Frontier Conference champions. Let's get to that Grizz and Bobcats football talk. It's that time, football fans. Playoff previews. It's hard to believe the season's in the books. And here we are talking about playoff action in the Treasure State. Let's dive into this, and then we'll close things out with a quick season recap that was featured on our other podcast, The Big Sky Now, of the Cats and the Grizz. That's on the Hagenone Sports Network I mentioned, and that actually has a recap of all 12 Big Sky teams. So if you're a diehard Big Sky football fan, you'll want to check that out. But here on today's show, we'll just talk about the Cats and the Grizz. So let's dive into the playoff previews, and then we'll, we'll kind of get to that to end it. But 
Three keys for each team to win. We're going to start out with the Bobcats and what is shaping up to be, in my opinion, one of the best matchups in the FCS all year long with the North Dakota State Bison coming to town to take on the Bobcats in a battle of the number two rushing attack in the country, Montana State, versus the number four rushing offense in the country, North Dakota State. So that one has the potential to be special. The Bobcats are, of course, coming off a disappointing end of their regular regular season. They lost to Brawl the Wild. Well, North Dakota State is coming off a 66-3 win over Drake in the first round of the FCS playoffs. So Montana State did have that bye week. Will that become a factor? We'll find out. My first key to that game is the Bobcats need to get off to a fast start versus the Bison. In a battle of elite rushing offenses, if one team gets an early lead, they might just run away with it. That's exactly what this is going to be. Two of the best rushing teams in the country. And we saw what Montana did to the Bobcats a couple weeks ago. The Grays got out to an early lead and just flat out ran away from them. You can't let that happen two games in a row if you're Montana State. you got to get it clicking early and have some confidence in that offense early. I did mention last week how the Bobcats really fell behind because they couldn't throw the football. They had zero completions in the first half for the, first the Grizz. This is going to be my second key. Last week we talked about it a little. We'll get back to it now. If you're the Bobcats in this game, you got to add some easy passes in early for Tommy Mallott. Major key to this game. Brent Vegan and Taylor Housewright, offensive coordinator, head coach, you got to work to get Mallott back on track. He had zero completions in the first half versus the Grizz. You can't win football games in the modern era of college football, no matter how good you run the football, if you can't throw it at all in the first half. So key number two is to set Tommy Mallott up for some easy throws early on. Maybe run a few screens in there. Get the ball rolling. Have a wide receiver screen. Have a halfback screen. Heck, have a tight end screen. So have him completing some passes. Get the confidence going in that offense and let them know, hey, we can go out there and move the football against this Bison team because if you turn into a battle of running the football, you might get into a tough spot against North Dakota State team. I think the Bobcats will have to throw the football. We saw what happened versus Montana when they didn't. That's my second key. Let Malak get a good start throwing the ball. Set him up for some easy plays. Get the ball rolling. Like I said, a screen pass, maybe a couple little passes underneath, a little dig route, seam route, whatever you want to call it. A lot of options there, but that's going to be key because you can't be one-dimensional in an FCS playoff game versus a team like the Bison. The third key for the Bobcats, and this is something I repeated last week quite a bit, got to get Sean Chambers more involved. This could turn into a really high-scoring affair between two offenses capable of putting up points in a hurry. If they can get Chambers rolling on the ground early, it opens the entire offense up for the Bobcats. It's going to keep that Bison defense guessing throughout the game when you have a guy like Chambers mixing in every couple plays and he can run the football, then all of a sudden it sets him up for that play-action attack. I said earlier in the year the Bobcats might have the best play-action scheme in the country. We didn't see that against Montana. We didn't really see it against Idaho. Let's see if that can make a comeback in a big-time game for the Bobcats, and I think having Sean Chambers in the mix will do that because once Chambers is in there, they can run that RPO, run-pass option. They do a lot of read options where Chambers keeps the ball. You let him crack a couple four- or five-yard runs up the middle, get a 10-yard run, and then all of a sudden you mix in the play action. That gives time for receivers to get open in space, and that's when the Bobcats are absolutely the most dangerous. So my prediction for this one, that was a little bit all over the place, my keys there. But key number one, start fast. Key number two, let Tommy Malak get into a rhythm. Key number three, Sean Chambers has to be involved in the offense to set up the play action attack. So my prediction for this one, I think it has the potential, like I said, to be one of the best games in the FCS all season long. Two powerhouse type of schools who had, by their standards, down years, 
Both of these schools expect, expect to be top five caliber coming into the year. They both had their ups and downs, lost a couple games they expected to win. I think we're going to see close to 600 yards rushing in this game. I recently heard Fox Sports analyst Colin Cowherd say on his show that whoever wins the rushing yard battle in the Michigan-Ohio State game has won 23 straight contests in that matchup. I think that's going to be the rule of thumb to apply to this matchup with the Bobcats and Bison. Who's ever rushing attack can rattle off more yards and make more plays on the ground probably wins this football game because it's going to be a battle of strength versus strength. And whenever that happens, it kind of comes down to who could do it better. It's like a heavyweight fight. It's really setting up to be a special game. One interesting matchup to watch in this one will be the Bison's dual quarterback approach of Cam Miller, who gets the majority of the snaps, and Cole Payton, the backup, who had 10 rushing touchdowns. So it reminds you a little bit of what they'll be going up against. Chambers and Malott, dual quarterback scheme. Who scores more, Miller and Payton or Malott and Chambers? That might be what the game comes down to, which team's quarterbacks can get it done because they have, there is going to be a lot of talent at the QB position in that football game and a lot of potential for scoring with those guys on the field. So my prediction, my gut tells me the Bison are hungry to make a statement. They've kind of been cast off, written off, whatever you want to call it. People expected the Bison to be the top-tier team again. They haven't been that this year. That being said, they came into the playoffs. They won 66-3. They're going to be motivated. My gut's leaning towards North Dakota State pulling this one out on the road. But that being said, my heart's telling me in the Treasure State, at home in Bozeman, nation-best FCS winning streak on the line, trying to push it to 26 games. I think Montana State finds a way. I got them winning this one 38-35 to in Bozeman. It's going to be a heck of a game. If you're an FCS football fan, you will not want to miss that one. Now on to the Grizzlies, who face a 9-3 Delaware Blue Hen squad that just reportedly announced they'll be moving to the FBS level in a few years and joining Conference USA. As for the playoff matchup this Saturday at Washington Grizzly Stadium, the Blue Hens. Our team to look at is an interesting team. They started really slow versus Lafayette last week in round one. They were down 28-13, came back to win 36-34. So they had a strong second half last week. Let's get down to the breakdown. Three keys for the Grizz to beat the Blue Hens and advance. First up, key number one for the Grizzlies. Coming off a bye week, don't get too pretty. Keep playing smash mouth football because that is what turned this season around for the Grizz. The Grizz outscored their last four opponents 145-24. to I think sometimes we see teams come out of a bye week, be a little too calculated, a little too focused on out-scheming your opponent. The Grizzlies need to come out, set the tone early, have the home field advantage. They have more talent than the Blue Hens. It's flat out that simple. I'm just going to say it. And I think the Grizzlies need to come out and throw a couple haymakers on both sides of the ball right out of the gate and keep this train rolling, keep the momentum on their side. Blue Hens quarterback Nick Miniucci threw for three interceptions last week in the win over Lafayette. So the Grizzlies defense should have their ears pinned back early, create some havoc around the football, force him to throw a couple bad balls, get a couple turnovers, and play that Grizzly-style football that's really been working as of late. So you got to stay aggressive is key number one because it's easy come in as a favorite at home alpha bye week, get a lack, little lackadaisical. I think Coach Houck will have this team fired up and ready to play. That being said, it's just something to watch. You don't want to have a slow start in a playoff game, let alone coming off a bye when you've been rolling. Don't reinvent the wheel right now. Keep it going. Let that defense do their thing. Key number two, slow down Delaware running back Marcus Yarns, who rushed for 15 touchdowns this season. Yarns is coming off a week that was down by his typical standards in the Blueheads win last week. He only had 10 carries for 25 yards. So it's not coming off his best performance. They managed to overcome Yarns not having his typical big-time game. They had Jonathan Silver and Quincy Watson stepping up in the run game. But that being said, I think the Grizz have enough. If they could slow down the Blue Hens' top rusher yards, it'll be too much for Delaware to overcome. So the key number 
excuse me, so key number two is to keep Marcus Yarns out of the end zone and don't let him score that 16th touchdown of the year. That's major key right there. You keep him out of the end zone. I like the Grizzlies' chances. Key number three, take advantage of Delaware's lack of a pass rush. The Blue Hens finished 75th in the country with 21 total sacks as a team. Clifton McDowell's an expert at extending plays, roaming outside the pocket, giving guys extra time to get open downfield. That's what he does best, and I think McDowell should have plenty of time to operate Saturday and give the Grizzlies receivers a lot of time to get open and dial up a few of those chunk plays to guys like Junior Bergen, Keelan White, Aaron Fonts. Get those guys moving in space downfield. It's going to be a long day for the Blue Hens. So McDowell should have time to operate, find the open man. I do still expect a heavy dose of the Grizzlies rushing attack led by McDowell, Eli Gilman, and Nick Osmo versus the Blue Hens rush defense that's 54th in the country. But having that time in the pocket to operate for McDowell is overall going to be an impact kind of a thing. That offensive line has been pretty steady down the stretch. Grizzlies have had a great offensive line, and if they can keep McDowell from taking hits, let him operate, going to be a long day for the Blue Hens. My prediction for this one, I have Montana keeping things rolling at home, knocking off the Blue Hens 34-17 to in Missoula. Look for Jerry Rice Award finalist Eli Gilman to have a big, big day in the run game, and I expect the Grizzlies to rack up at least two rushing touchdowns as a team, possibly three. That could be a key stat right there. The Grizzlies will have to get it done on the ground, but you know, like I said, keep McDowell upright and good things are going to happen. Let's roll through the three keys for the Grizz one more time. Key number one, don't get too pretty. Keep playing that smash-mouth style of football to help turn this season around. Number two, slow down Delaware running back Marcus Yarns because he rushed for 15 touchdowns this year. That was a lot of the Blue Hens offense. Slow him down, and I don't think they have enough guys around him to make up for that. And number three, take advantage of Delaware's lack of a pass rush. Like I said, the 75th least most sacks in the country, so they're quite a ways down the list. McDowell's great extending plays. That's a matchup the Grizzlies have to capitalize on. Like I said, I got the Grizz winning this one 34-17, and that might be generous to the Blue Hens. We'll see, though, coming off a second-half comeback, that could be something for Delaware to build momentum on. They have this new FBS announcement. Maybe they're feeling a little bit extra swagger, knowing they're going to go up a division in a few years, and they got to perform. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to go on the road in Missoula. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. Overall, this is going to be an epic weekend of FCS football. We're lucky to have both Montana schools still playing. Interested to see what happens. Montana State, I would say, is the, definitely the must-watch game, though, versus the North Dakota State Bison all right, before we move along, quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Nomad, voted the Flathead's best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and local sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. All right, before we wrap up this week's Sports Now, here's a quick clip featuring the Bobcats and the Grizzlies from our other show, The Big Sky Now on the Hagedone Sports Network. We're going to mix in these season recaps, kind of sum up the regular season for each Montana school. It's going to be a heck of a weekend of football, a lot of playoff action left ahead, but this is just a little something to kind of look back on the regular season and put it in perspective. Like I said, if you're a diehard Big Sky football fan, go check out the full episode with all 12 teams and the full breakdown. Montana, the Big Sky champions, what went right for the 10-1 Grizzlies? Secured bragging rights in the Little Brownstein game with a hard-fought win over Idaho on national television and followed it up later that year, this year, excuse me, with a statement victory in the Cat-Grizz game for bragging rights in the state of Montana over the Bobcats. And, of course, they won the Big Sky title. 
for the first time since 2009. So a lot went right for Montana. What went wrong? This is an easy one. That NAU game, Northern Arizona loss, was rock bottom for the Grizzlies. This season, it felt like such an up-and-down ride for the Grizz. The ship was sinking after that NAU loss. It was sinking quick. Grizz Nation was in panic mode, but we know how the story ends. I'll save you the details. Montana turned their season around, won the Big Sky Conference. But that NAU game was no doubt about it, where it went wrong for the Grizzlies. Since then, though, a lot's gone right. Team MVP, Clifton McDowell, he completely changed the look of this Montana offense. Once he took that starting job, they were a different unit. He made explosive plays with his arms, explosive plays with his legs. Overall, just one of those guys who makes plays, and he does a great job of taking care of the football. Shout out Buck Buchanan nominee, Braxton Hill, and Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, Alex Gubner, both on the defense side of the ball, big playmakers, deserve to have their names in the conversation. But McDowell's the guy who transformed this Complete team changed the season around once he took the starting job. Future outlook, Bobby Houck's contract is set to be up after this season, but after winning a Big Sky Championship run, he'll have the opportunity to return unless an FBS school were to come call him with the right opportunity. Star running back Eli Gilman is a redshirt freshman. McDowell has another year of eligibility, so things are looking up for the Grizzlies. They feel like they're back to that level of being an FCS power year in and year out where you can count on the Grizz to be a top 10 team every year moving forward for the foreseeable future at least. Montana State, they finished the year 8-3. and three. What went right for the Bobcats? They continued to dominate at home. They extended their FCS best home winning streak to 25 games, and they finished second in the country in total rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. What went wrong? The Bobcats struggled against top-tier competition on the road. They lost to Idaho, Montana, and top-ranked South Dakota State Jackrabbits. So we'll see if they can make the adjustments in the postseason. When they do have to go on the road, their first game will be at home, likely against the North Dakota State Bison. So we'll see what happens in that one. If they can get a win at home, they'll have to go back on the road and make a run. Do they make the adjustments? Team MVP, it's hard not to pick Tommy Mulatto, Sean Chambers, or Julius Davis even for their impact on offense, and in particular that rushing attack. But I'm going to go with the defensive lineman, Brody Grebe. He was the anchor for that Montana State front. He had 8.5 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and 43 tackles on the year. And not to say that rushing attack, someone from there didn't deserve it, but Grebe, if you watch Montana State play, it felt like every play you saw him around the football making plays. He just has a nose for harassing opposing quarterbacks, catching ball carriers in the backfield. One of those guys on a Montana State defense that doesn't always get a lot of credit played a huge role, and he was the anchor of that defensive front, in my opinion. Sean Chambers probably would have been my next choice for the Bobcats. uh, Outlook moving forward. Chambers in his final year of eligibility. So it's going to be the Tommy Malott show next year. A lot of faith in this coaching staff. Brent Vegan's a great coach. Tommy Malott's back. Julius Davis will be back. The rushing attack's going to do its thing again. Grebe will be back on defense. So it looks like the Bobcats, with a lot of star power returning, they'll have to replace Chambers on offense, find a way to make up for, I believe, 14 rushing touchdowns and nine passing touchdowns. That's a lot of productivity you're going to have to replace. That being said, they're still poised to be at the top of the pack in the big sky next year fighting for that top spot, whether they're at top, but they'll be in the top three once again, top 10 team in the nation, kind of a squad. So the Bobcats are in a good position. Keep an eye out if Brent Vegan gets any offers through the offseason. Might be a hot take, but he's a guy whose name has been mentioned in the Boise State job and other jobs, so something to keep an eye on. All right. Thanks, as always, to everyone for checking out the show. 
And as always, thanks to Nomad GCS for the support. Shout out Clark Auto Group as well for the support. We didn't have our typical poster player of the week this week because there was no prep sports in action, so we'll get back to that soon as prep sports are ramping back up this winter. Everyone, enjoy an epic weekend of FCS playoff football on the horizon featuring the Cats and the Grizz. And soon enough, we're going to be breaking down winter prep sports again here in the Treasure State. So everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the fun. Enjoy your week. We're not quite there yet, but I'm getting ready for football already in my head. Can't wait for that NDSU versus Bozeman matchup. That's going to be a heck of a game for the Bobcats, and I just can't wait to see what the Grizz do as well. All right, everyone, I'm pumped up. I hope you are too. It's going to be a fun weekend. I'm Josh Dugan, and I'm out.